0: This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac Security, for August third, two thousand eighteen. In this week's episode, as part of our series of deep dives into security software, our topic this week is firewall software. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software, exclusively for Apple products since nineteen ninety seven. Now. Here are the hosts of the Intego Mac podcast, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long.
1: We already talked about how firewalls work in an episode recently, but today we're going to take another deep dive into Intego software and talk specifically about Intego Net Barrier, which is Intego's firewall, part of Intego Mac Premium Bundle X9. So to start with, Josh, let's just recap what a firewall does.
2: Yeah, so the basics of a firewall, you've you've got internet traffic, network traffic that's going into and out of your machine at any point in time. Your Mac needs to be able to communicate with things on the internet, and things on the internet need to communicate back to your Mac. And so the idea is that having a firewall in place helps to ensure that some of the traffic going into and out of your computer is Doing what it should be doing, that it's not that there's not some malicious thing, some malicious uh, network activity that's going on there.
1: And this is the case if you're a home user, but if you're in a business, you're also communicating on a local network with other computers. They could be servers that are hosting files or they could be other individuals' computers.
2: Right. And of course, everyone probably is familiar with the fact that Apple has a firewall that's built into Mac OS. That obviously raises the question then of, well, do I even need you know a third party firewall on my computer. If you go into uh, system preferences and you look at uh, security and privacy, then you've got a tab there called firewall. So if I turn my firewall on, is there anything else I need to, to do? Anything else I need to worry about? Um, well, the basic firewall that's built into Mac OS is really just an inbound firewall. So what that means is that it's sort of protecting stuff that um, usually it's stuff that's on your local network from being able to get into your computer unless you have specifically allowed certain things to be able to get in. So if you've turned on certain services and features, uh, that makes it possible for stuff that's on your local network to be able to connect to your computer and use it like a server basically.
1: Right. So when you look at the Intego NetBarrier interface, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the NetBarrier page, which has a number of screenshots. It's an animated interface that shows your computer. And at the top, you have internet. And at the bottom, you have local. And it's got arrows showing data that's coming in and going out. And by default, if you set it up using one of the default settings, incoming internet connections will be blocked. But how does this work if I want to load a web page? Is all my traffic going to be blocked coming from the internet? Well, that's a great question. I think one of the things that's important to understand here is
2: that NetBarrier has the capability of identifying certain things that are coming into and going out from your computer via a particular application. So for example, you know when you go to a web page that you want to get content from that page, right? When you type the address into your browser, you are expecting to get a page served back to you, and that data needs to be able to get into your computer. And so typically what you would do is you would allow that particular app to be able to receive information back after it's been requested from a, a website, something on the internet. So, for example, you could have Google Chrome, or you could have Firefox. And the very first time that you run a program like this, your firewall might say, "Oh, hey, Firefox is trying to connect to the internet. Or do you want to allow this?" After you approve it, then that becomes an app that is okay to commu- to have that communication with public, you know, internet sites.
1: Right. That's one of the good features in Integro Net Barrier, and this is something that's not built into Mac OS is that the first time you launch an app, you will get a dialogue asking if you want to allow that app to be able to send and receive data. And this, of course, is protecting you against apps that you may not expect to be sending and receiving data. When you launch your web browser, you know that's going to happen, and it's good that you have to authorize it the first time. But when you launch other apps, you might not expect them to be sending and receiving data in many cases, an app that's not even using the Internet may still send and receive data to check for updates, and that's normal. But if some sort of app that's hidden in a Trojan horse someplace tries to launch, this is alerting you that this that there's an app someplace that's trying to access the Internet. And it, it's a good idea to take your time and not just click approve every time you see this. You know, you'll go through the apps you use regularly and you'll you'll know that mail and your web browser and iTunes and the App Store and all of those, you'll prove them. But for other things, you might want to think carefully just in case. I think that's one of
2: the things that you want to do when you first set up a computer is to get NetBarrier installed right away so that... All of the the baseline apps that you know you're going to be using on a regular basis that should be whitelisted will be in that whitelist, so you won't have to worry about it as much whenever you get an alert from NetBarrier in the future. Once you've established that baseline of, these are the okay apps, these are the things that I use regularly, let all of these things communicate, now you've got a good baseline established. So if some other software gets onto your machine, potentially malware. When you get these alerts, you'll be you'll be able to recognize. Oh, wait a minute! You know, I didn't install any you know new software recently, or, or oh shoot, I did install that one thing recently, and oh maybe <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have installed that. What what is that doing? And it, it should give you pause and come to the realization that I need to think more carefully about this before I just approve this. I need to take a look at what this is.
1: Yeah, some people download and install a lot of applications. They like to try apps, and they'll get them from the Mac App Store. They'll get them from developers directly. Years ago, I used to do this a lot, partly for testing because I was writing about applications, but also because it was fun to try out a new app, and it's less fun now. I think new apps don't have as much to offer as they did in the past, But you do need to be careful because, as we've said in previous episodes, in fact, in last week's episode, we talked about an installer that pretended to be Intego Virus Barriers installer and was really malware. So you need to think twice about things like that. It's worth noting that in Net Barriers Preferences, in the application firewall section, there's an option to automatically trust system applications. And this is software that's signed with a certificate from Apple which is all of the applications that are built into Mac OS, but also all of these things that run in the background that you don't know about. Right now, I've got NetBarrier running, and if I click on the Applications tab, so what this is is an application monitor, and it shows what apps are sending data, receiving data, or waiting. And there's one called AirPlay XPC Helper, which is a background process that iTunes uses to send music over AirPlay. Safari is listed Rapport D is listed there are a number of little applications or what we call processes that are in the background and it's true that the first time you launch net barrier if you aren't trusting system applications you'll see dozens of these and it can be kind of annoying because you have to look them up and, and there's help in the dialogue the dialogue helps you try to find what they're supposed to be doing but I think it's a good idea to recommend checking this automatically trust system application.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, you know, there's a number of these. Um, uh, yet another example is MDNS Responder, which you might look at that and go, I have no idea what the heck that is. Well, what that actually is in that particular case, that's something that is, it's an app that's used by the Bonjour protocol to allow Macs to be able to talk to each other on the same network and Max Macs and, and actually other um, Apple devices. So these are things that you may not immediately recognize by the name. MDNS responder is is that's a that's a geeky technical name. How how would you know what that is? So absolutely it's a good idea to to trust those those system applications by by default. Now I'll I'll give you an example of something that um, NetBarrier would be able to stop. Let's say that there's some brand new malware. Let's say it even makes its way into the Mac App Store. I'll I'll give you a specific example of something that happened actually pretty recently. We we talked about it on the podcast. There was an app called Calendar 2 that was in the Mac App Store, and it actually had some uh, code embedded in it that would allow some cryptocurrency mining to happen in the background, and if you, you know, enabled this feature to uh, to allow it to do this cryptocurrency mining, it, it wasn't necessarily super clear to users what was going on. It, there was just some option in the app that said, you know, yeah, I want to use the, all the features of this app for free. Great, and so they click on that. And if they didn't really read the fine print, now it was doing some cryptocurrency mining in the background. Now, if they had NetBarrier installed, what they would have noticed is that a new alert would pop up and say, Hey, XMR-STAK is trying to get out to the internet. And you would go, I don't know, what the heck is that? You could Google it and find out that, oh, shoot, you know, this is actually a process related to cryptocurrency mining. And, uh, you know, and just the, the fact that you had some new strangely named process pop up in, in an alert um, gives you the opportunity to, to look into that. And you would have known that. This was actually a cryptocurrency miner that was trying to phone home.
1: Yeah, Google is your friend with these things. Again, these names are all obscure, and I've got some others NSURL session D and sync default D. And, you know, I'm familiar with them because I've seen these things. Trust D. Do I trust trust D? <laughs> but most people don't know what they are. And, you know, imagine that there is a fake NSURL session D with let's say session S-E-S-I-O-N instead of two S's. And that would be a way of making malware that would attempt to trick people who even know to look at the names of the processes. But NetBarrier would flag that as being a different process a different application to give you an opportunity to say wait a second this might not be normal yeah exactly netberry would be able to tell that this is not
2: signed legitimate apple software that's running it might have the same name and in fact if you had pulled up activity monitor um you know which is in the utilities folder on on every mac You'll get a list of all these processes that are running, but it really may not be obvious to you which is which. How how can I tell that this is legitimate signed Apple code, or this is something that may be malicious that's running in the background that might even have exactly the same name?
1: How do you know unless you're using something like NetBarrier? There's another option to automatically trust signed software, and this is software that's signed by a valid certificate authority. we've talked about this sort of code signing for applications and i leave this unchecked because isn't there always a possibility that these certificates can be hacked or spoofed in some way that means that if i was trusting software that has a certificate i'm i'm actually trusting the certificate which may itself end up being problematic right right in fact a lot of times
2: now really in the past several years malware has started to be signed by even the Apple Developer Certificate Authority, because what these you know malware developers do is spend their hundred bucks or whatever, and and they they get uh, access to the Apple Developer Program. Now they can get uh, an Apple-issued certificate for their software, and until Apple knows that that's a malicious developer and pulls, you know, revokes their their right to uh, to that certificate, in the meantime, they've got a certificate that's signed by a valid Apple developer certificate authority, which means that your computer will implicitly treat it just like anything you got from the Mac App Store. So it's definitely the case that malware can be signed, and in fact, we're seeing a lot more of that in recent years.
1: Okay, we're going to take a brief break, and we're even going to give you a discount coupon if you want to buy some Intego software. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about NetBarrier, and in particular, the different profiles that NetBarrier uses.
0: Intego is dedicated to better online safety practices, and the summertime offers a unique opportunity for parents and kids to become more cyber aware and to be better educated about potentially harmful online content and activities. As part of our commitment to protecting children and teens online, Intego is offering a 50% discount with the purchase of our award-winning Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego Mac Premium Bundle X9 is our most feature-rich suite of internet security and backup software for your Mac. It contains everything you need to keep your Mac protected, secure, private, and clean, and includes antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware, two-way firewall network protection, Mac Cleaner to optimize your Mac, personal backup software for quick and easy recovery in case of a crash, parental controls with website and application blocking. You can get Intego's award-winning Mac Premium Bundle X9 for 50% off the suggested retail price by using this promo code at checkout, Premium50, all one word, no spaces, Premium50. Have a really safe summer by protecting your computers and your family from Internet dangers. Save 50% on Mac Premium Bundle X9 with the promo code Premium50 at checkout. Visit Intego.com today. So we've we've
1: talked about the application firewall, but we skipped over the main option in NetBarrier, which is to choose a profile. And NetBarrier, by default, has three profiles, home, work, and public hotspot. What's the difference between these profiles, and why would I want to use one and not another? All right, so you've got home. When you're at home, you know, you
2: should probably trust the things that are on your home network generally you know what's connected to your wi-fi network or maybe even ethernet devices that are plugged into your network so at home that's where you generally are going to trust the majority of items that are going to be local on on your local network so home is a highly trusted network work is a trusted network with a lot of people and a lot of devices connected. So it's still a trusted network, but you may not know about every device that's on that network. Now when you're on a public hotspot, that's some place where you can't really trust anything from anybody around you because you have no idea what devices they're using, uh, whether there are people with malicious intent that are you know, sitting at the table next to you. And so you want things to be as locked down as possible when you're using a public hotspot.
1: Right. Now, each of these profiles gives you some options. You can block or allow incoming Internet connections, outgoing Internet connections, incoming local connections, and outgoing local connections. By default, all of them are blocking incoming Internet connections. As you explained earlier, this is an incoming connection that is initiated from the outside that's not a response to something that you've initiated. But what sort of local connections would you be getting, either at home or at work, that are... Legitimate, that are valid. Well, I I suppose it depends
2: on what you're using your computer for. But if – let's say that you maybe want to share some files with somebody and uh, you turn on a sharing feature on your Mac so that someone else can connect to your computer to access some files that you're sharing – That that would be an example of something that's generally restricted to a local network connection. That's not something that somebody from the public internet, if you turn on your file sharing feature on your Mac, someone on the public internet's not gonna be able to get through your router and then get into your Mac. This is generally something that you do with just people who are on your local network. Um, So that's the kind of thing where if you're serving something uh, on purpose, <laughs> then someone else might need to to try to connect to your Mac. and And that's an example of a local connection from some other device that's on your local network.
1: Right, so if I know that I've put some files on one of my computers, in fact, I have a Mac Mini that I use for that purpose. It's kind of to store certain files to back up my laptop and I run a media server off of it. So that kind of computer does need that incoming access because otherwise, I wouldn't be able to use it, right? Right, exactly. But on a public hotspot, you don't want to do this, do you? Oh, boy. Yeah, if <laughs> if you've
2: got your laptop and you're sitting at, you know, an internet, internet cafe, do they, those things still exist? Are there internet cafes? I'm not even sure. I think they're called Starbucks
1: and they have free <laughs> Wi-Fi.
2: Right. You bring your own device, right? It's, it's a BYOD internet cafe. How about that? Yeah. So when you're in some public place and, uh, and, and you're sharing a network with people that you don't know and you don't trust. That's that's a different story. I mean, you really do not want other people to try to be connecting to your computer and you know seeing what files you have on your computer and you know you probably don't want people even trying to uh, to share your iTunes library on uh, on a Starbucks network, for example. Basically, you don't want to trust anybody or anything when you're connected to that network. And so that's why, again, public hotspot, you want to have that locked down as much as possible.
1: Good point about sharing the iTunes library, because with iTunes home sharing, you can try to connect to anyone who's got a library available on your network, either at home or at work. So if you do block incoming connections, that could prevent people from accessing your music to play music, for, for legitimately to play music from your library, because you want them to. Can you think of any other apps that work like that? Uh,
0: hmm, I can't see. think
1: of anything offhand. I'm sure there might be a few, n- not specific Apple apps. They must be third-party apps. But I can't really think about it. What about if you're playing a game with someone else at home, and they're on a computer, and you're on a computer, and you're shooting each other? That's probably the kind of thing where you want to allow the connections to come in. And if you're in the Starbucks playing a game with someone, then you may need to uh, temporarily allow those incoming connections to let that game come in. On the other hand, under each of these four settings on NetBarrier, there is a little exceptions button. And you can choose certain IP addresses and ports in order to allow certain types of app to make connections. What what exactly does this do? How does it work? And how do you know what to set here?
2: Yeah, I think it's important for users to realize that this is something that normally you're not going to need to touch. You you don't want to really get in here and muck around with these settings unless you really need to. But if you need to if, for example, you, you mentioned uh, the example of a game if, you've, if you're playing a game with somebody on your local network and it's not working, it's not making its way through your firewall, then you may want to actually go in here and uh, uh, usually for, for games, there will be some documentation that will explain, here are the ports that this game uses. And so then you can go in here and whitelist certain ports for certain applications to allow that communication to happen. So you can play your game, but you can still have uh, all the other security that you get from your firewall.
1: OK, just a little bit of explanation. So when you set up an exception, you have an IP address, a protocol and a port The IP address could be any address, or it could be the address of the person you know you're playing the game with, for example. The protocol is either TCP or UDP, and the port can be any of a number of numbers up to, is it 64,000 or something? And there are certain ports that are used for certain things. Port 80 is HTTP, which is standard web browsing. If you do need to add an exception, a game or any other type of software, and I'm thinking some media servers may require this as well, the the documentation for that app will tell you what you need to do. You may need to set a fixed IP address for the computer that's going to connect, so you can add that address specifically rather than allowing all addresses to connect. But the app's documentation will tell you what port it's going to use. So this isn't something you just sort of do out of guesswork. And, and there's nothing in this dialogue that automatically says, well, what game do you want to play? And I know what it is because there are so many apps and so many possibilities that that they simply can't know.
2: And Intego NetBarrier actually gives you another way of doing this too. Rather than whitelisting certain IP addresses to connect on certain protocols and ports, you can actually add port exceptions by process, meaning by application. So if there's a game and, you know, maybe you want to play it with a bunch of different people who are on your local network, you don't necessarily have to go in and add the IP address of every single person um, on your local network who's playing that game with you. You may actually want to go in here and add that process, meaning that application, that game, and, and select the, the protocol on ports that that game uses.
1: Right. And so this is kind of geeky stuff, and we're not going to go into much more detail about it, but the manual for Intego Net Barrier will explain all of this with lots of screenshots. Just another tool that's worth pointing out. So in the app, we talked about the application firewall and the, the, the Internet traffic firewall. There's a little palette that you can pop up called the application monitor. If you want to keep an eye on how many processes and applications are using the Internet, it's animated. It'll show you when data is coming in and going out. And... If you're that type of person who want to always be aware of what's going on, you can stick this in a window or if you've got a second display, maybe. Now, of course, this is useful if you are managing a computer in a business with servers and you need to be aware of what's going on. I would say most home users probably don't want to display this, but for more advanced users, it's a good tool to have. So to sum up, Intego Net Barrier is an extremely powerful application, but it's relatively simple when you look at it. You've got the firewall section and you choose a profile. You've got the application firewall and you can add a couple of things and block certain things and edit certain rules. But for most people, just choosing the appropriate profile, homework or public hotspot does everything you need. Right, absolutely.
2: I would not recommend connecting to a public network unless you're using a firewall like NetBarrier because uh, you have no idea what's going to be running on that local network. And, And having a good inbound and outbound firewall, especially one that's application aware, is a really, really good idea when you're on a public network.
1: Okay, with all that in mind, Josh, until next week, stay secure. Stay secure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com.